Welcome, welcome, welcome family to another episode of the Midnight Moods podcast. I'm Coco the Conscious, aka Mr. Moods. This is Conscious Conversations, real talk with real ones. Our real one for today, our special guest is Saha Jones. What up, Saha? Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm curious yeah. about what my first podcast is going to I'm so grateful Sound that, like that we're the first, you know. To everyone listening. <laughs> I'm grateful that Midnight Moods is the first podcast that you um chose to be on. So thank you. We are very grateful here. Saha is a next generation project development. development. <laughs> next generation development next, manager. Next at generation the, development manager. Yes. At, at the art gallery. At the art gallery of New South yes. Wales. Shout out to the Arca in New South Wales. We met at the Arca in New we South did. Wales. And that's how it was your speech that really like hit me, gave me goosebumps. I was like, whoa. Okay, I've never I've been to many art gallery um events because mum's an artist and ever since I was a kid as well. But I have never like actually kind of had like goosebumps like that. And this is from the heart where it's just like, wow, like that is and where I'm at, like consciously and like how I'm kind of um intaking perceiving the world like you're really like echoing a lot that has been streaming through and i was like who is that i mean and i met you at the door but i didn't put two and two together until like after when we were introduced um so amazing speech powerful speech like and just the way that you were um just paying homage to like the first nations people as well and really making everyone hear it you know what i'm saying because um everyone says it like as like I don't want to say a chore, but you know how everyone it's something that we must do now. But the way you said it, it wasn't like empty. It was charged. It was, it was yeah. It, there was so much like essence and intention there. Um, so that really hit me, and then that's why I was like, okay, we got to connect somehow, some way, whatever. Whether you come on the podcast, coffee, whatever. So I'm grateful that you're here, and that speech was powerful, and um, yeah, that's what my my little antennas went up, and I was like, whoa. Did you write that speech? I never write speeches. On the fly? I, it's always on the fly. Wow. For, for, and I'm not, I don't mean to brag, I'm not, I'm not trying to be boastful about mm. that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had no formal diagnosis or anything, but I just yeah. think that my, my brain works a little bit differently. Mm. And um, just in what you were saying as well, that, you know, it really, it's really humbling that you, that you described the way that I spoke in that way, because that's the goal. Mm. I take it really, it's not that I take it seriously. Um, it's just, I feel when you have the opportunity to speak with others and for others as a mouthpiece, um, the, the aim is to charge it, mm. to have it be felt and somehow find connection, somehow find a sense of unity and not, not, and for people to not feel like they're being talked at. Yeah. And I think, like you said, with, um, you know, with acknowledgements these days, it's, it's a great thing that it's becoming, um, the norm to create a space for that to happen. But I do feel there's sort of a danger in it becoming scripted. Yeah. And um, and that, yeah, I mean, that's a whole conversation as yeah. well. 
um, because I think that there's a lot of fear around how to do it, Mm. um, how to hold that space without it being about you, but still making it personal, Yeah, connecting with it as a human, as a person, so that the words, the words transcend, you know? Mm. So, um... I've lost my train of thought. What, what, <laughs> what was right. the question? No, I was just saying, <laughs> it started off as, did you write the speech? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah like I get um, through through my job, it's a really important sort of touch point throughout the year. We have numerous events that celebrate the kind of projects that we support as a group. Mm. And I think going on a journey together, really understanding, you know, what it means to be involved in philanthropy that can be a you know there's not a lot of understanding I think about what what it means to be engaged with philanthropy because it's seen as something that rich people do or mm, true you know. yeah um but yeah as a as a collective supporting a cause and gathering in that way those events are like holding court together. So the words need to kind of distill everyone's feeling in that moment Mm. and everything leading up to that. So I think a lot about what I'm going to say for weeks, months in advance so that by the time I'm up there, it's coming straight through like flow. But it's not written because, yeah. And I I actually also... um, suffer from stage fright and really yeah all those things and it's when you're you know when you're in a leadership role you have to be confident yeah and um it can be quite daunting speaking in front of a lot of people especially people that you really respect Mm. for being there for being in front of you listening it's deep um and respecting the platform itself as mm. well and the fact that I have I have that mic in my hand, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, just thinking about those speeches have always been really straight off the top. Um, but much thinking I've, often I will have sleepless nights. Okay. Yeah. Really like and dreams and all sorts of things yeah. that will sort of come up and what I'm reading or how I'm listening to people in the meetings that I'm having and so that by the time I get to that five minutes that I've got, max, mm. I'm feeling like it's not just me talking, it's all of us mm. in a way. Mm. So that's powerful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It felt important that night too mm. as well. It It is important every time, but yeah. it being so recent, I can still sort of feel that mm. residual um, collective energy that we were, were all sharing in that night. Um, what that, what the evening meant to me was also building towards a vision for a different kind of community down mm. the track. Yeah. And that kind of involves stepping out of the norm and inviting communities that don't normally gather together in that context as well. So yeah. it was really important that we collaborated with the Sounds of Afrobeats community for mm. 
um, for the event, which you probably remember was um, celebrating a particular acquisition for the, for the collection. Mm-hmm. And it was just... It was it was something that I was thinking about a lot in the lead in the lead up to the event. You know, how to how to invite people in and for them to recognise what it is we were doing. Mm. It wasn't just a party. Yeah. And I'm not in the business of making parties, mm. even though that is the format for yeah. how we engage. That's how you bring people. Yeah, in, that's of how you bring people together. But it's really purposeful. Yeah. And um and. It goes far beyond just a social life, you mm. know, or or an interest in the arts. It's really about how um, how much can be done when people commit to each other and give as well, mm. and then what that what that giving journey can look like over time. So, with the acquisition, um, and I you probably remember from this speech too. I asked another member of our community yeah. that, to pronounce the names of the artists because mm. I couldn't get yeah, it right. You say that, yeah, yeah. And I was practicing and practicing because this acquisition came up, you know, probably about a year ago now. So mm. I've had a long, long time uh, to the, practice. With the names, yeah. But I couldn't get my tongue around it and um, I really just needed someone else to make mm. sure on the night that we said the artist's name and made the announcement... Um, that that person's name was said properly. Mm. You and know? that's beautiful. Yeah, because that's important. Yeah. That definitely is a big thing. Like, I can, like, I f- like when people, like, even in primary school, when they wouldn't say my name right, like, I didn't have, like, the voice back then. Like, I didn't, like... To my- correct them. Exactly. I didn't have that confidence. Like, my throat chakra was closed. I didn't have that. But, like, now it's a different story. But just when it what was... What did you get? What? Kakoa, um... Uh, I had a teacher in primary school and she used to call me Choco, which was bad to the point where like dad and mom had to come to the school and like, yeah, like she yeah. just didn't even care at all. Yeah. She's like, you remind me of um, my like uh, her mix of like her coffee mix or something. It was the most awkward, uncomfortable thing as someone like a little kid in yeah. year three, like majority of kids in my class were Caucasian as well. But it was just so, and I think that added to it all as well. But it's just so important saying someone's name right. Yeah. Because it's yeah. calling upon, like, the ancestors that come with that name. Do you know what I mean? And your whole lineage, everything. So it's such a powerful and, yeah, profound thing. Good on you for, for doing that. I do remember that. That was that was beautiful. And, like, I'm now I'm friends with that woman as well. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it felt like the right thing to do. And I could feel in the lead up to... Knowing that I was going to speak, you know, fifteen in 15 minutes, mm. I was kind of thinking, gosh, I know with my nerves, I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah. Even though I've tried really hard. <laughs> and look, you know, I'm growing up in Australia. Yeah, we live in a multicultural society, but the experience of multicultural, mm. the m- multicultural reality still feels really siloed. It still feels really separate. And we don't get often get the chance to like figure out how, um, yeah, the opportunities to speak in, in other languages doesn't come. Mm. Yeah, with ease. With ease. Because linguistically it's yeah. different, the way the role of the tongue, the, like, it's, I totally yeah, get it. Yeah, and know like you you're stuck in, I don't, I've tried to learn other languages, but, mm. um, and I, I did, 
I was most successful when I lived in Central Australia in um, an Aboriginal community there. And oh, I wow. think we can talk about that later. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was my first, like, really serious attempt at learning a second language. Yeah. But only because it felt, like, so important living there that everything hinged on me being able to connect with community and the, f- the the most obvious way to do that in my mind and being a total fish out of water as well, not really knowing anything, um, was learn the language mm. because that's going to be, that's going to be how you connect. That That's how I felt in, at the time anyway. So, mm. and look, you know, when, when you're invested in something, when you have a really deep emotional investment in something, yeah, you work harder. So I, that's probably why I was able mm. to pick up language more successfully. Mm. Um, but look, in Sydney, it's different. And um, practicing, having, yeah, having opportunities to practice saying people's names. And not everyone has an unusual name mm. either. So you just take it for granted that it's important. I mm. think people don't understand that you know, the naming of something is so important as well. Yeah. Like, why why did our parents name us the way they named us? I know, it's true. You know? And in some cultures, they name you a certain way because yeah. they're calling upon that, like, exactly. certain spirit or whatever it means in that culture. So, names hold such a significance. It's yeah. true. Yeah. And, like, in the Western world, a lot of our names are very, like, everyone's got similar names, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Mm. I actually, truth be told, I don't even really think I know how to pronounce my own name. Am I pronouncing it right, by the way? Well, that's what now I'm that you say <laughs> that, I'm like, <laughs> that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, it's um, I'm I've got quite a mixed background. Yeah. What is your background? My my mother's Dutch and very much Dutch. She yeah. met my father here in the eighties and um, and ended up sort of staying here and settling here. So her her history and her lineage is um, you know, goes back pretty far and by way of Dutch. Um, but my father is Irish, Welsh, Afghan. Wow. And uh, the Afghan heritage was really whitewashed from our history. Mm. I don't know if that's, if he'd like me describing it that way, yeah. but um, there was a lot of sensitivity around having a Middle Eastern background. So yeah. there's not much that we know about my great grandfather um at all except for his name and that he was um afghani afghani from peshawar which is now pakistan so the borders change a lot yeah so can you break this down for me because i just learned about the partition recently well oh you i can't i can't do a breakdown i can't do a breakdown but i know like india and pakistan afghanistan that region the borders have changed a lot Mm. You know, historically, that's not an so un, so unusual thing, really. Like borders do change. Yeah. Um, but having like close proximity to different cultures, they have quite close relationships and yeah. shared cultural kind of stories as mm. well. Um, but my parents wanted to give me some kind of connection back to that heritage yeah. and keep it in the family honor it in some way so beautiful, yeah. but growing up in australia i think things have changed a lot but when i was growing up it was um 
an unusual name, especially coupled with Jones, mm. was kind of yeah problematic mm. <laughs> because it didn't make sense. Yeah, it didn't make sense to have such a clearly Arab name with such a uh, known kind of, I guess, white name. I was gonna yeah. What is it? Know? Is it a Celtic? What is Jones? Is it? It's Welsh. Welsh. Okay. Yeah. And it's common. Mm. You know, it's a Smith. It's yeah, a, it's yeah, one of those <laughs> well-known names. Yeah, yeah. Many tongues have practiced saying that name, mm, in other words. So, mm. you know. Uh, yeah, so I don't even really know how my name should be pronounced because I've never had any member of my family speak um, Arabic or any uh, any of yeah. the languages that are connected to the name Saha. Mm. Um so I've just had to kind of wing it my whole life. Yeah. And I just let people pronounce it the way that they do naturally. Wow. I'm cool with that now. It was, yeah, you're right with it. I'm okay with that now because, mm. you know, it's it's normal, I think, for, for someone who hasn't seen that name before to just give it a try, you know. Yeah. But Have you ever, um, like, felt called to, I don't know, like maybe go to like a Afghanistan community and try to figure it out like how it's pronounced or where it originates from or has it ever I haven't done any deep research yeah. yet it's definitely been something hovering in the background as some yeah. a loose end mm. you know uh, and I, I think I will get there one day um, just putting the pieces of the puzzle together really and mostly I've had it's it's mostly been a conversation I've had with cab drivers, ah. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really like. I love that, yeah. Um, I love that, I yeah. always have kind of intimate little moments with cab drivers. Mm. And a lot of them have happened to be of Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern descent. So, or they'll, they'll ask me my, my name or yeah. whatever. Um, and then that becomes the beginning of a conversation mm. where they provide me their take on it. Yeah. Because they... You know, to them it means something. Mm. So I've kind of just um, gathered little bits of information here and there. But in every place it's different. In some places it means different things. So mm. I think, yeah, we'll have to have to find some time. But look, Afghanistan is one of those places in the world. It's not like jumping on a plane to Bali, you of know. Of course. It's a total, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. And I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm. Um, how to how to engage with it with a country that has experienced so much war mm. as well and so much upheaval? Mm. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the records are you know not yeah. not intact and mm. ser searching for family lineages and things like that. It'd be quite difficult, mm. but it just goes to show that in one generation it can be completely lost. Yeah, you're right. Throughout the world, yeah. that's like a common thread. Yeah, mm. and if the culture that you've that you've um, you know assimilated into doesn't have the openness to embrace the stories of people coming moving here, um, yeah, I guess I don't blame people for keeping keeping it kind of on the down low, you mm. know, like for fear of being judged and cast in a certain way mm. cast in a certain light do you think that's what it is like the like you said the fear of 
yeah, like what comes with it. Yeah. Is that, yeah, okay. I see what yeah. you're saying. Mm. But even just for a name, I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples of where, you know, culture and race can kind of feel uncomfortable in conversations mm. or what you look like. But a ne- something as simple as a name. Mm. And I think I always felt really confused when my my name would be pronounced by a teacher or a new person because I lacked any knowledge myself I couldn't uh, I couldn't yeah I see what you're saying. defend the situation mm. I couldn't sort of step in and say oh this is my culture and I'm proud and uh, you know this you is what it means mm. yeah yeah mm. so but I think it's also been maybe I've developed a bit of a relationship with it that it's kind of a private relationship that I have too. It's something that's still unraveling mm. um, for me. So, yeah, it just goes to show that life is long, right? Facts, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a long journey, constantly constantly growing and evolving, learning about yourself. But the name is a big one. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you have your own meaning for it. You've, like, you know, created your own meaning for it now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of a good thing because if you think about it, like if someone gives you a name and then you've got all this that comes with it, that you might have to live up to or something. But if it's like a clean slate, it's like you create the meaning to the name, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. I, I also think that um, I think there might only be one of me in the yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I've never yeah. met a Saha, to be honest. My so, sister's Sahara. Yeah. Yeah. Sahara, yeah. like the desert though. Yeah. But I've never met a Saha. Well, yeah, I'm not too sure of the lineages mm. or the like epistemology yeah, well, of if that's hey. the, the right <laughs> the right word. I'm not gonna act like I know what that word you means. You know when you break up a mean? word and like you follow its roots back to oh, okay. root meanings. Yeah, I thought it was etymology. Etymology? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you're probably right. I think epistemology is something else. Epistemology. Wow, that's interesting. Mm. I want to look that phone? one up. Where's my phone? I know. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> epistemology. Wow. Because I'm into etymology. Yeah. I love etymology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the root word. Like, yeah. that's one of those tabs <laughs> that yeah. is, like, always open on my, like, Google, the etymology um, site. It just can open up a whole Every door. world, Oh, right? my God. I go, and I, go, like, I go down the rabbit holes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like, I, was, I wasn't the one to study at school and pull out, like, my book and stuff. But when it comes to etymology... Because I'm writing lyrics, I'm always writing down these words and then tracing them back and trying to connect the dots. I'm like, what? This it's it's amazing. And anagrams, you know, anagrams. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some there's some out there that will just blow your mind. Like you know, you know the silence and silent and listen. Yeah. That one blew my mind. Yeah. Oh wow! I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Like the way that they're just connected. You got to get a linguist on this show. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That would be so much fun. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, that's a good When you're writing as well, are you really thinking more than just rhyme and storytelling is like really embedding ideas within each word and the sounds as well? Yeah, so when I'm writing it's definitely like it's it's definitely like telling a story or like a stream of consciousness, but it's also a bit of wordplay. Like, I really, that's what I'm drawn to in, like, some rappers that I look at that have inspired me. It's the wordplay. It's, like, how that word will connect with that. It's just, it's it's so, like, magical and, like, brilliant to me. So, that's what I like to do. So, part of it is looking up words and the etymology of words and 
bringing them together to make something. So then, like how I used to like listen to some of my favorite rappers, I'd have to go back and then be like, what did you say? And then I'll be like, I'll look up the lyric, like, whoa, because I want people to do that with like my music. So yeah, that's definitely yeah. part of it. Actually, like I, I've always found it really difficult at rap concerts mm. to even hear the lyrics. I don't know okay. if you found that too, like way more pleasurable for me to listen to the album in my own time. Oh, 100%. And yeah. like and you can read like reading lyrics as well while listening. Yeah, yeah. of course. But when I'm at concerts, I've no. just like I'm like no idea what you're saying. Yeah. I've got to know the song well, to you know? know exactly. And then that's what's on play in my mind because I know the song mm, well, right? Mm. But I've just found Yeah, of something course. Something about a live live concert I feel like the live concerts are more for like the performance. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's more for because I've heard from some of my favorite rappers and I know bar to bar every lyric, and I'll see him just like skip over because it's not even a, about the lyric. Like it is about it, but it's more about the performance, the energy they're giving out, yeah. the, the connection with the crowd. Yeah. Um, and then I I had to learn that when I perform as well because I'd be so fucking stuck in my head of getting every lyric right. Especially when like my whole thing's to be lyrical, but it's like now nah, you're there to be in the moment, be present, and like, yeah, give out your energy. Do you know what I mean have that connection with yeah. the people that are listening? Um, so yeah, I totally get what you're saying about performances, uh, live live concerts. It's definitely a different experience. Because, but then you don't get that. Like when you're listening to a song, you don't get that straight energy from the person, the perform, the artist performing. Mm. You're a. I saw. I went on your Instagram. You're actually a hip hop fan. I'm a hip hop fan. I saw fan. you post the KRS one. Oh, I um, love KRS. How one. good is that one? I saw that <laughs> when he was doing the uh, ba- not Beethoven Vivaldi or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, this dude is wild. He is. He's the one that inspired me to make my name Coco the Conscious because I watched that lecture that he was doing. You've yeah. seen that one with the rock star. Yeah, yeah. And when he said like, once you change your name and like the whole universe changes to that name. Yeah. I was like, it really like unlocks. So that whole, I have that saved. I yeah. watch that all the time yeah. because that is such an amazing, powerful, um, what would you call it? Lecture speech that he was doing at like some university. And then the way he just gets them with the rock star and like everyone's like, you see everyone's mind get blown from such a simple thing. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude is just knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everything. Like, bro. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. It's like, hard to top. I, that era of hip-hop, too. I mean, I don't even really want to call it hip-hop. Mm. Um, I think I get confused now with genres. They're so yeah. hybridized. And, mm. um, but, yeah, I'm, I don't know if you caught the caption on that Instagram post. Yeah. But it was <laughs> you thank Talib Kweli, I'm pretty sure. Is that what you said? I don't know if it's the same one, but it was if it was the one I think you're talking about, yeah. I wrote over the top of it um, something like, I think from now on, anyone who engages in engages with Shakespeare should be black, and we'll all have a better time. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but you know that like um, Spike Lee, I think he's making mm. uh, Prince of Cats. I don't know where it's at with the. Easy. Yeah, so I've always, I've always, because my both my parents are performers mm. and heavily into Shakespeare. So I grew up with Shakespeare. Wow, it's you know like. It's the classics, mm. so everyone's familiar with it. Yeah. Um, but growing up with it sort of in the household as much as it was, I, and also growing up at a time where sort of hip-hop was also in the background mm. if, of my life, and my parents raised me 
as well with a lot of films by Spike Lee yeah. too. So there was like a lot going on in terms of different cultural influences as I was growing up. But I always felt that Shakespeare was so perfect for yeah. rappers, mm. you know, like the mm. genre mm. and the iambic pentameter and the flow and the like the yeah. the words. I see what you're saying. And the, the delivery, like from every time I went to see a, a play mm. put on, it was like, Sydney-based actors just didn't get it right. Like, uh, it was, like, needed to have that. It was, like, there was a total lack of understanding of what was being said. Mm. Like, the words just dropped. They didn't yeah. come alive. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. I've always felt Shakespeare should be done by rappers. Yeah. Or That's... anyone who, like, affiliates with spoken word mm. or anything like that. Just... The musicality of language just yeah. comes alive so much more. That's deep. I never really thought of that. To be honest, Shakespeare in school was like something I would push away heavy. Mm. Only because it was just like the lack of understanding the words. Yeah. You know I mean? And obviously the teacher teaching it. No offense to the teacher teaching it. Yeah. Because it was just so th like theoretical. Mm. I mean, it was never, but I could, now I'm thinking if it was taught in a way where like we actually performed it and stuff, I think I might have, uh, yeah, like gravitated to it more. If yeah, that makes sense. I reckon go pick up like a monologue, pick up a, mm. you know, just Romeo and Juliet or something. Yeah, suss it out. And just flow through one of them mm. as a All right. as a warm up for okay. something else because yeah. it's really interesting kind of construction of mm. how to fit words together and yeah, um, it's poetic, you know. Mm. Yeah, he's the ultimate poet. Yeah. All right, that's I'm gonna do that now. It's on record. I have to do it. <laughs> But yeah, that's mad. Enough about me. Enough about words. We want to be talking about what you're doing. But that is, I will do that for sure. I want to talk about when you went to Central um, Australia. Yep. What yep. was so you were speaking the language? You you learned the language. What language was was it that you learned? Well, I was learning, and um, I've been back in Sydney now for a couple of years, so not having it around kind of put a put a big stop to where that was going for me but um being immersed in it and I was there for a couple of years um and it was unplanned I was doing I was attempting my fifth um degree that I never finished fifth yeah Damn. yeah I'm one of those dropouts hey sorry man I withdrew as well just drop out drop out yeah. drop out <laughs> um but always always to kind of run off on an adventure that felt more important. Mm. So um, the opportunity came up to do a little bit of relief work out there for a friend who was going over to New York. She's an artist and um, she needed me to fill in her role. And um, it wasn't an Aboriginal arts centre because, uh, you know, there's the, the Aboriginal arts centres or the art centres out in those those areas are such important parts of the community, but mm. it was it had a similar function to an art centre. Yeah. It was an it was a anangu, so that's the name of of um, it actually means person in Pijinjara anangu, um, but it was an organisation that was founded just formally just after the handback, but it it began the process of of it coming to be was around the time of the, the handback of Uluru. 
I don't okay. know if you know much about that time. Mm. It's like early 80s. Um, I think the official handback was in 84. Um, so it was it was sort of the energy around what it means to have or what it meant anyway um, then to have an organisation that was owned and operated by Anangu. So mm. it was such a... Um, yeah, an amazing opportunity for me to move out there for a little while and not really know what was going to, what that effect would have on my life. Um, but it's been, yeah, hugely transformative for me. Um, I was studying anthropology at the time and uh, I just, it wasn't work. Like I found the, the kind of the structuring of ideas difficult mm. um, at uni and I needed to just get out there into the world mm. and just be immersed and not have any sort of expectation. Mm. And having grown up in Sydney and I grew up in Newtown and um, had I was lucky to have had some proximity to Aboriginal communities here because it's just such a rare, a rare um, experience, I think, for people. Uh, and just because of what's happened to Aboriginal cultures across the board, you know, just being such a small percentage of the population now. Um, but, yeah, the, the idea of being in, in a place that I would have been the outsider in a mm. way, like I mm. would have... It was appealing to me to um, think about a scenario where I was the only white person, for instance, or mm. um, to put it simplistically, I, I felt like I wanted that as a challenge, just to be uh. kind of, yeah, not... Yeah, in a, in a, in a situation where I had to... Um, really be tested and that happened sort of immediately as well like mm. the second I arrived I felt like I'd already had so many attachments to the what, what hadn't even played out yet and yeah. I had all my cameras and I had you know all these dreams to like make artwork and write and make do collaborative things and I the second that I got there, I was got off the plane, got picked up by some of the other arts workers and a couple of the ladies. Um, and I was so conscious that I was coming into the situation already without having the sensitive, that sensitivity of understanding that I wasn't from there, mm. you know? So I felt like I was like, oh, this is what I was like, oh, I'm, I am a colonizer in a way. Like my mm. mentality, my mentality coming in was like to take, you oh, know. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. Like, and I had to like check, like I checked myself massively in that mm. moment as well. I was like, wow, I didn't even realize. Like I, was, I just thought I was excited. Yeah. But I realized, oh no, I've come here to take. I haven't wow. even like spent five minutes here yet, you know. Yeah. So I think that that's when it really dropped for me. I was I thought to myself, you know, what I'm going to do here is the opposite of mm. what 
I thought I was going to do here. I'm going to mm. do everything the opposite now. Like I'm not even going to take my camera out of the bag, you yeah, know? I love that. I'm though. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And and really starting starting from the ground up, like as though I was a baby, you mm. know, like not having any sort of um, opinion on anything. Mm. And so I, th- I had to have, I, I needed something to root myself in just to have some container for the experience. And it really felt like language was was the best place to start, yeah. you know, just to offer that as my sign of respect, I think. Mm. And just slowly to learning what the community had encountered, even just in recent history as well, of just like being the subject or being um, othered, you know, mm. Um or s- even just, I think I felt too, it's like I'm in this exotic kind of situation and learning about all, all of those kinds of things at uni and theories around things. But like when you're in it and you're like, oh, that theory that I was learning about in cultural studies, that mm. is what's happening to me right now. Wow. This is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's you know? intense. Yeah. And so... But it was also really beautiful. It was kind of like, wow, you know, imagine if I hadn't seen that. You I know? was going to say that's so powerful that you actually caught that. Like you had that awareness. Like, oh, wow, I'm actually take like, is that, it's like a subconscious thing. But I don't know. I feel like not many people could notice that. Like it, you'd have to step out of yourself yeah, to really, yeah, be aware and see that. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, just when you, because I didn't even know where that was going when you explained Yeah, I know. I'm I like, was like, oh, wow, that's what, that's I so intense. I hope I explained it okay. Like, I've just, uh, yeah. No, you did. There's, there's a lot, there was, there's a lot sort of going on in my head around, like, how to explain. Um, oh, I totally get it. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Like, but it was innocent. Do you know what I mean? Like, what you're saying, like, you wanted to take pictures, paint, like, it was all, like, that's like a... Yeah, it wasn't, like, from a place of... Because when you say, like, colonizing, like, what comes with it is, like, all this other kind of, like, aggressive nature. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. just me, personally, when yeah. I think of it. But it was, like, an innocent thing where it's, like, you know, you were just there. It's just, like, part of the programming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of it's like, exactly. Of, it's, like, society that yeah. you... But it's it's so amazing that you could catch that. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's good on you for that. And that's, that's very... I was just... It wasn't even a subtle moment for me to, okay. to for me to say oh, I'm gonna catch this. It was so yelling at me. It oh. was yelling out at me. I was like, so I, there was no choice. You yeah. know, it was kind of like I had to make a decision, like in me. Mm. It was not. Um, yeah, it felt like it felt like an important decision. You know, yeah. one that I'm still actually, I'm still figuring it out, and I'm still that lesson is still ongoing in mm. other situations that I'm in as well, where I, I'm really conscious of how I enter a room mm. before I even start speaking with people, you know, just kind of stripping away like what I want to get from something yeah, and just trying to go in with no agenda. Mm. And that is a process. Of course. And it has to be exercised, mm-hmm. you know. To strengthen that. Mm. Yeah, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Wow. It's deep because we're, like, programmed to go into something with, like, yeah, like, I'm going into this to get something from this. Like, that's kind of like what 
yeah society school even just, teaches even you. just to get my unique experience yeah you know what i mean yes. like and i'm like oh no this is a community this isn't a zoo mm. this isn't a interesting experience this is a community living its life with history and uh, yeah, so it was really important for me to just go right back to the drawing board and be like, no opinions, mm. no expectations, yeah, and learn how to just be with people. Amazing, mm. and see where that goes, you know. Mm. But it's it's very like shooting blind, you know, when yeah. you don't um, have a clear idea of what you're doing. Mm. But it's kind of good. Yeah. Because that's when, like, the magic happens. It's kind of how, like, my I like that approach. I feel like, yeah, like I said, you know, that experience just helped me mm. figure out what my own life methodology is. It's just very much trying to strip everything back so that there's spaciousness, mm. as much spaciousness as possible to see what's in between all the noise. Yeah. That's very deep. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I feel like that's what we're here to do, though, is to, like, strip back all the layers. You know what I mean? And, like, kind of get to the... I love how you said before, like, you want to be, like, a child, like, again. And, like, that's what I'm learning through my journey. A lot of people that I talk to, and that's similar, where it's just, like, you're trying to get back to that. And it's so intense because it's just, like, that, like, child is that... That's that play energy, that innocence, that just wanting to, like learn and so present because children are so present they're like so in the moment with everything and there's no like agenda or something like this internal dialogue going through it's just all like i don't know like the words to explain it i was on the yeah. plane coming here not here but coming back from brisbane yesterday and i had this little kid next to me jeremiah shout out to jeremiah a little two-year-old like Tongan boy, he was so cute, and i was like man i hope i'm sitting next to someone cool on the plane like, <laughs> you know what I mean? and i'm sitting next to him and like I just instantly got so much joy. Like, as soon as, like, I sat down and he's just looking up at me with his big eyes and he just started, like, poking at me and, like, playing with my hands. And he was just so, like, just so, like, curious and just... And we're just on a plane. Like, everyone on the plane is just sitting, masks on, like, you know, let me get to my next destination. And I'm here with this little child who's having, like... He's on a plane, but he's not. He's in, like, some imaginary land having the time of his life with this, like, random stranger next to him, like, poking at him and, like... We're laughing together and stuff. I was, he kept trying to take the mask off my face. I was having so much fun with it. And I'm just like, man, like that plane ride was like one of the greatest plane rides I've ever had. But that's because I was like, he brought out the inner child in me. And it was just, yeah, it was just something so amazing. But yeah, when you're saying, I say that to say when, you, when you're talking about um being a child again, when you're in the community, mm. um, I think that's so important. I think that's something that we all need to like carry with us is that, that mindset, do you know what I mean? Because that's who what we are. We're just grown up children at the end of the day, pretending to be adults. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Put on these fronts. But um yeah. Mm. That sorry, I went on a little trip there. It's all right. But um yeah, so back to Central Australia. So you were there for how long? I was there on and off for like two and a half years. Okay. And I didn't do I wasn't there that long in one block. Yeah. But I did blocks of like six to eight weeks or three months or that kind of thing where I would um, go out and come back with some artists here who were exhibiting here and mm. um, then 
make sure that all went well and smoothly and then go back to the community or come back for one of my own projects. But I was very much feeling like my life was becoming more and more intertwined Mm. and it was my, um, it was my feeling that I would be out there for, for at least five more years, I, I felt. But I got the job. I got the offer to come back and work at the Art Gallery okay. of New South Wales, which yeah. is where I work now. And it just felt like I had to make a really quick decision. Um, and like a couple of days I had. So I wanted, I knew that working for an institution and a respected um space that the art gallery is in that way it was just a platform for impact in a way that I've I've hadn't had before Mm. so it felt like I I'd be missing an opportunity to not come back so it was but it was such a kind of um what's it called when you like it's just a sliding door yeah it was like if if I go down this path or this path Mm. and advocacy like the role is advocacy so I think after spending time out, a lot of time out in Central Australia and just seeing what happens out there and um, how much amplification of their voices is needed, I just felt like my journey needed to kind of have a bigger platform. Mm. And I didn't have, again, I didn't have any expectation going into it, but it just felt like the right thing to do. Um but yeah, it's funny. As soon as I, as soon as I'd made that choice, and then, you know, reintegrating back into Sydney as well, I kind of had to confront that that feeling in myself of being a certain kind of person. Like you know, I think we really are very much influenced by our environment. Like the the whole nature nurture thing, like we become, or it's herd mentality. It's the kind of people you hang out with or, um, and for me, I'd really been able to let go of a lot of things I felt were, uh, waiting me in, in a way about our culture and about our society, like vanity, for Mm. instance, is letting all of those things go when I was out in the desert because it actually didn't matter. Like, Mm being that human out there, like being a Sydney girl mm. out there didn't fit, Yeah, you know? Mm. And um, it was great to sort of experience myself, my kind of innate self, yeah. my the self that is eternal mm-hmm. in a different environment and seeing how it manifested out there. And I really liked that version of myself mm. a lot. And I hadn't really felt that way before you know like when you really like yourself yeah would you say like or love um i mean look we can say love i've i don't use love too much okay like it isn't a really important word to me Mm -hmm. but i think that's probably why i don't use it yeah i see what you're saying yeah because it's like a sacred word is that what you're trying to say yeah and maybe too as well like I was still in, it was still in infancy. I was still getting to know myself in that space. So the falling in love, like the love thing, Mm. I just, yeah, yeah, we can say that. But it was more like 
It was more innocent than that. It was kind of from across the room. It was like, yeah, I really like you. Yeah, you know? I see what you're saying. I like, I like this flavour. Uh, I like this. Yeah. I like where this could go. I mm. like where this is going. I like where this is shaping. Mm. Um, and then being back in Sydney in a completely different kind of environment and the fast pacedness yeah, of, of the city as mm. well and and um having to sort of re reestablish here and yeah it it felt like the desert was really far away and it happened mm. really quickly like i don't know if you've ever had a dream when you're dreaming mm. and it's so vivid and so the accuracy of the dream as mm. you're having it and when you wake it up and it's still there, like it's there and it's so clear and within a second it's faded into a space where you can't even recall mm. most of it mm. anymore. Yeah. It's that similar feeling. It's like a knowing that it was real and that it happened but that you can't... That dream essence, yeah. Yeah, you can't access it anymore, mm. you know? There's no access point to it. So yeah. that's kind of how I felt about my relationship to my myself after coming back, just mm. feeling like, wow, that, that version of myself is far away now, mm. you know? And it was so reliant on the space, mm. too. It was reliant on earth under my feet it was reliant on this this the sky every night it was reliant on the people in the community who yeah. made me feel a certain way mm. who allowed me to be with them in a certain way mm. as well so without that as um the cue yeah anymore it was like it became quickly a memory but a memory that is yeah kind of a bit like a candle in the dark you know like i've I know that I learnt something really important living out there, mm. that it was a gift and that it fuels my ambition in a way for finding purpose and being part of a purposeful life wherever mm. wherever I am, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Did you write much there? Like, can you... Is it like anything that you can go back to to like spark that candle? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I did. I took. I did. Um, I did end up taking some photos while I was out there, but with one of the artists that I was working with, I mm. took some portraits of her after we developed a closeness, and we did it as a kind of a a project together that didn't mm. have didn't have a, an agenda. It was just something that we did kind of like sisters you know yeah. it was just something that we did together for each other mm. and with each other and um and I did a little bit of writing but I found it hard I found it hard to create in the same way as I yeah. was because my whole understanding of what it means to make things really mm. shifted and it just didn't feel like even like the English language just didn't feel like it could paint the the kind of the picture of what I was feeling. Yeah. You know? So I did write a little bit, but so I do have some things and I still have relationships. Mm. It's not like I very much um, consider the community, the Murujulu community and 
um, a lot of the the women that I work with, particularly, and their family and and their kids too. So I feel like they're my family as mm. well. So I carry them with me like they're my family. So beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's in it's inside me. Yeah. I think, more than anything. Mm. Mm. So you can always. So you know how you're saying the environment plays a huge part, right? Yeah. Do you feel like being in like this environment, say Sydney, like hinders that now? Do you know what I mean like tapping into that again because of the environment? Is that what would is that accurate? Would you say? Yeah, I think because the environment is so mm. different. Yeah. It's yeah. It, you don't have the same access points to go in or enter into way a way of being mm. because it is different you know 100 percent. um and i have to say too like with a lot of the artists that we, i traveled with they would change when we come to the city mm. as well like they were here for city things yeah yeah so you're gonna you know? put on the city hat so we all change yeah of course where we are mm. no i definitely understand that i'm i i've noticed that a lot through traveling through just life in general and even like people because like environment isn't just like the physical environment like you said it's the people as well that you're around um because that's a heavy influence like energy is contagious yeah you know? exactly and it's and you sometimes can't even catch it sometimes if you're in it for so long and you're like oh whoa like is that even my thoughts? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Or is it just like yeah. the group think that now has become my thoughts and it's just like yeah, it's something that I've um I'm learning, do you know what I mean? To like oh like kinda like snap out of sometimes. Um that's why I think it's so important to travel and to just like put yourself in like you said, like spontaneous situations. Um yeah, I think that's very yeah, it's something that we all should be doing. And I think now no everyone's traveling i've got a lot of friends that are traveling and stuff and it's just like even when they come back i'm like whoa like i can like even though they come back and they're like in the city mode and stuff but there's you can see there's a bit of a a, a switch or mm. something you know yeah mm. that there is a whole world out there literally as well i mean if we could all travel more that would i know be ideal, could you imagine oh. it's such a shame that it's can only be a certain like you know like there's different things that prevent people from traveling and like even just having a like i've got a dutch passport Mm. and an australian passport so that kind of gives me access to a lot of the world yeah um money to buy a ticket yeah um what you're gonna do when you get there do you how many Mm. people do you know that gonna open doors for you true or are you just a holidayer? Yeah. You know, are you... You're just going to, like, party? Are you going uh, yeah, to enrich you, yourself in the culture? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a passive traveller? Are you... Or yeah. are you an, or have you got an active kind of approach to it? That's deep. I know what you're saying. Like, as in, like, an intention. Like, are you yeah. going with an intention yeah. to... Yeah. that's powerful. Yeah. And I, I actually lived in Indonesia when I was little, just for a little while. My parents were working there, and we stayed with... Um, we stayed with family friends who are Indonesian yeah. and while they traveled. So we were away from them mm. and we went to school there. We were in, it was in just outside of Yogyakarta. Uh, we lived quite traditionally and, wow. um, and it was still like during the Sahato regime. Yeah. What's which, the Sahato regime? So this, I th- it was 
um, the is it prime minister or president of Indonesia? I wouldn't I've know. Forgotten. Probably prime minister. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the leader, mm. the head of state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, head of state. Yeah. And it was a really kind of intense political period. There was a lot mm. of like, I guess what's considered war crimes that were going on during that time. Mm. Um, but I I remember it being because I was I think I was only like nine or however old, old I was. Um, it was so in the background, like it was. You'd hear things on the news, and you'd hear yeah. adults talking about the politics. Mm. And you could kind of feel the tension, the political tension in the air. Yeah. In the air, mm. um, and you know, we had to pray to, we had to pray every morning to Sahato wow. at at school, and oh, I just wow. had no. I was like, I don't even know who this person is. Yeah, um, being so young, and. I think with youth as well, there's kind of like a, there's an adult world that just mm. doesn't make any sense. Mm. It's like, why do I need to, like, whether it's a prime minister or a president or a God even, mm. it's like. That questioning. Yeah. Yeah. As mm. a, when you're a kid, depending on how, how free your mind has been allowed to be as mm. a child, True. Mm. Um, a lot of the adult world doesn't make much sense yeah facts still to this day for me i'm like right <laughs> i'm still trying to make it make sense because it doesn't it's very um yeah i don't know i feel like oh for me i just see everything in reverse you know how you're talking about when you went to central australia and you you did everything reverse yeah that's what i see a lot of this world is just like in reverse it's all like inverted yeah. and i'm like oh, what the fuck I'm like, maybe that's why there's so much, like, resistance. Because we're not, like, in flow, in tune. But, yeah, that's... We yeah. can we can get into that if you want. But I was going to get into, like, the other places you've travelled. Well, I think it occurred to me... I was lucky that I got to travel a lot mm. growing up because my parents travelled a lot. Yeah. And it was always, like, you know, like, on the cheap. Like, they're both artists, but mm. that's what they... They, um... They had the opportunity to travel as artists and they couldn't leave us. So we yeah. went with them everywhere. So I probably spent a third of my education with them wow. rather than in school. Yeah. But, um, and we'd traveled quite a bit, but nowhere, um, non-Western. So oh, okay. Indonesia was like a real learning curve. Mm. Um, because I realized like growing up in Sydney as the daughter of two artists, and an awareness that we were poor. Mm. But when what we, I was in Indonesia, I was like, oh my God, I've never seen poverty mm. in that way and through the lens of a child as well. And back to the nonsensical feeling of, of the adult world, mm. I, it, it never left me that feeling of it being so arbitrary. Mm. Why was my best friend in this new this new place living in the way that they were? There was mm. no reason like that she wasn't any um, uh, she wasn't of any less value than me wow, as a human yeah, and wow. I couldn't make it I couldn't make it make sense mm. because it was kind of like I could all I could see on paper was that I had ten dollars. 
and she had nothing mm. and that my $10 converted to, in, All this, yeah. you know, like, and then seeing how she lived and not just her, but others as well, just seeing how other um, kids were living as well, just really stuck with me. So coming back, I think that was the first like moment in my life where I thought like, I don't want to just be a Westerner traveling in another mm. country lying on a beach in a resort like I was kind of able to think about that because I had that experience then I was Mm. there it was very clear to me that I would never be a holidayer I would never be someone who went on holidays Mm. I'd always needed to have some kind of purposeful reason to travel yeah um and that's not to say like a job or anything like that but Mm. just understanding that you're not you're not going away on a holiday. You're going to another place that has a reality, that mm. has people living there, that has histories and cultures and experiences that live on after you leave. Mm. And, you know, yeah. so... I know what you're saying. It's got its own ecosystem. Yeah. You've got to like, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, I don't know. That's... It's funny how, like, childhood experiences can have such profound... Oh, of course. Um effects on how you end up how your style of living can be affected by that yeah into adulthood they say that this first seven years is like when like it shapes your whole subconscious yeah so then from like then onwards you're projecting your whole reality from all those moments yeah so it's real like yeah it's real deep so if you were traveling what how old were you when you were in indonesia sorry uh, I prob I pr- I would have been older than seven. Oh, older I think. Than seven? I don't okay. know when did um when did the Spice Girls come out? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's me. <laughs> it was. It was literally yeah, that. It was. Dope. Stop. Yeah. Stop right now. Stop okay. Right now. Yeah. 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 I know yeah. that song. Okay. Yeah. Do you like the Spice Girls? Oh look, I did then. Yeah. But I think I don't listen to them now. Mm. But I definitely, I was into the girl power thing at yeah, the time. Yeah, of course. You know, just fi- having, and I know that that was marketed really well to, yeah. you know, mm. get us all hooked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it kind of like did help in the playground after that happened. It was kind of like motivation to kind of be like girl power yeah. when you when the boys were getting a bit too. Yeah, too know? aggy. Yeah. Yeah, facts. I think girl power is like, has always been there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, and I love this. Have you seen um the Woman King trailer? Oh my god. No. You need to watch it. It's amazing. A film. It's a film. It's a trailer with Viola Davis. Yeah, cool. I really like her. And it's about like um I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's about the Ashanti tribe, like with the colonizers coming, but it's about like this woman army that helped like fight off the colonizers wow and that trailer is so intense wow. it gave me such goosebumps it's coming out soon yeah it's coming out very soon and i was like wow this is amazing i'm watched definitely it, like, gonna be going to see that it was so intense it was such a you know the trailers when you're getting goosebumps you're like wow okay yeah there's something that, yeah it's such a power she definitely embodied that warrior you just don't hear about those kinds of stories and that's what i love that it's coming to the surface do you know what i mean because you get the you know but like the whole woman king, like it's just like yeah. 
yeah, I showed my sister and she's just like, as like, you know, young black girls, well, she's seen that like, wow, like, it's just something that I think is really important. And then like, I can't wait to be seeing that on buses mm. and stuff. Mm. And it's just like. But just back to the girl power thing. Yeah. What that like brings up for me too is just like, was that just another reason to be divided? Like, uh, you know, like just, just thinking about it now, I was like, well, why do we need to, why do we need to fight even like mm. to feel like, you know, empowered as a, as a young woman growing up? Great. I'm all for that. But I don't know. It gets like, now I'm thinking about it. It gets, kind of feels a little bit sinister, you know, mm. a little bit insidious, like another reason to be divided. Fighting. Yeah, and fighting. yeah. Some divide and conquer like type us shit. and them and yeah. boys versus girls and sure. all that. That's a good point. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, that's what, like, if we want to get into it, like, a lot of, um, like, agendas, per se, is about, like, kind of creating that divide and conquer, but without people, because it, it kind of uses the, let me, I want to put this really well before I say <laughs> it, but, like, it kind of uses that whole, because, like, for example, in the girl power movement, like, women want to feel, you want to feel empowered as a girl, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm strong, you know, I can take whatever the shit the boys is giving me, you know what I mean? So, like, when that's pushed, like, a lot of, like, girls will gravitate towards that because they're feeling that already in them, yeah. if that makes sense. So, it's just, like, oh, I don't know how to put this, man, without, like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to, where I can go with it. But it's just, like, because it's marketing. Well, not marketing, but it's how they, they prey on that yeah. little thing. That's a beautiful thing, but they kind of, like, distort it and, like, warp it. Yeah. To create some little agenda. Um, I didn't yeah. say that in the but you I know you know what I mean. Yeah, and I hope you listeners know what we're talking yeah. about too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um wow, that was that was really that was really interesting. That I was, was saying to a friend the other day or like just someone that I've been speaking to recently about mm. some advocacy stuff and we were talking about things in a similar vein. Yeah. And um I was sort of talking I was relaying how important I feel men are innately to me Mm. at the moment, just really thinking about how um, my own form of feminism, my personal form of identifying with feminism, actually really um, connects with my relationship with men Mm. and how how important I feel feel and want them to be with me Mm. not on the other side or someone sitting in an audience or like just really feeling like with yeah with me and that kind of just made me really think about as well like you know always trying to like find who the problem is or point the finger yeah who's at fault or and I think like I wonder with you know all the kinds of discussions that have been more and more um, able to be had over the last few years just around identity and parity issues. Um, Sometimes I just feel like there's just a lack of consideration there that, you know, men are the problem. Mm. And it's like, actually, no, like, I feel that very much so if we're even speaking in in binaries at the moment, men versus women or whatever that 
it's such an important part in the piece. Mm. The piece, like P-I-E-S-E mm. and P-E-A-S-E. Oh, I love that. S-E. I see what you're saying, like piece of the puzzle yeah. and like harmony piece. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, just as an example, I mean, you know, like probably, don't know if I explained that really well, but just more generally speaking, just how many... in how many opportunities we have where we can just stop and be like, no, this is another us and them situation. This is another situation where we're creating an opposition and Mm. some kind of the, the structure for the dialogue is combative, Mm. not inclusive. And yet the goal is to be inclusive. Like everyone's talking about inclusivity and diversity and, yeah. Oneness and all of that. Unity, when it's yeah. unity. Mm-hmm. But like, will we ever get there if we don't realize that the way we're having those conversations, mm. maybe it's yeah. like, feels like war, mm. you know? Mm. Doesn't feel like peace. It feels like war. I agree. I think like the, it's, it's like this thing, this theme throughout like civilizations or civilizations where it's just like there has to be like that is a duality or polarity or whatever it is where it's going to be like one side or another side but like there can never be like you said like that peace or that harmony if we're looking at it from there's always two sides do you know what I mean and then when you said the combat the combated combat man I'm on one tonight combativeness is that how I pronounce that word? I, I think I've, so, It's like yeah. I haven't used that word in a while. <laughs> the combativeness, it's like that takes away from being like open enough to hear the other side of like what they're trying to say. Because if you don't, if you're not, if you have that combative nature or whatever, that front up, then you can't even see or feel yeah. what is trying to be translated. So it can never be, there, there can never be that um, union. Because it's like a constant blockage there. You know what I mean? For me, like, oh, I don't know. We, we, we can go, we can go deep. Like, I don't know. Like, this is, like, this is what the Midnight Moon podcast is all about. Going deep and stuff. But I just don't want to, like, ruffle too it's many feathers. I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Do you know what I mean? But that's all part of it. Um, <sighs> no, I don't want to ruffle feathers either. Mm. I just think I, I know less than I've, ever felt I know now like Mm. it's kind of the wiser I feel that I am able to be the less that I know and the more kind of and I I actually do feel quite confused and Mm. to be clear and articulate is hard and that um yeah not having that kind of really strong foundation or that feeling of knowing can be really scary but Mm. at the same time you know we have to be able to have kind of these kinds of conversations i suppose where you're not like censoring exactly and you might say something wrong or even just what you say isn't really how you wanted to say it Mm. but yeah in a world you have to say it yeah Yeah. i i think our world now too like when you think of the media and you think of how businesses operate and you think of how everyone's a product mm. on their Instagram feed. Like the way that we're engaging, like it is it is very scripted. You can like yeah. perfect your little piece of content or your yeah. press release. And that's what goes out into the world. But having 
these kinds of more like long form conversations that you know are going to be, yeah. you know, it's going to be on the internet and you yes. know that like it, little bits can be grabbed and misunderstood, but of course. it's, and even if this wasn't going to be on the internet, even this was, or the radio, um, even if it was just you and I talking, like just having the courage to speak openly is mm. already a step in the right direction, mm. you know? You're right. And it like shows the humanity. Like, do you know I mean that human side? Do you know what I mean like that imperfection, which is perfection? I feel like, you know what I mean? Because like, like you said, when you cut things, you make it like the clean version comes out, and everyone sees that clean, pristine, and then now everyone's thinking, okay, that's what we all got to do. But it's like little things like these conversations is like a window into like, wait a second, we're all and. It, brings that oneness as well that like we all have this do you know I mean we all aren't have our little imperfections or whatever you want to call yeah. them we're not like but that's what brings us together is that do you know what I mean is seeing that in someone else you know what I mean like I love watching a podcast and then like I do this like thing where I go like I don't know if you've noticed like when you say something deep I'm like hmm you know what I, mean? I always do that. I don't know why. It's just this thing. And then, like, people point it out. But I love when I watch a podcast and then I see someone else, like a host, do that. And I'm like, oh, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a human thing. Like, it is a human you thing. You know, we, it's not, it doesn't have to be like some perfect, nice, um, rehearsed, well polished. Yeah. There can be ums and arms and all that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, that's what brings us together. Like, that's what unites us is that. Do you know what I mean? Those little things, those nuances that make us human, which is these. Yeah. Mm. And there's so many things that go on inside too. And mm. the inner world is not a place that is that sounds and looks like the exterior world. Mm. You know, the inner world is uh, has many faces and many... Um, like trying to explain the inside world mm. and to give it to the outside world, you lose a lot. Of course. You know? Mm. So when you have an unscripted conversation that doesn't have a clear um, pathway, anything could come up. Of course. Mm. So you- I guess the choice is do you, you know, do you kind of answer safely Mm. or do you just allow yourself to to just go to just go yeah that's what i'm learning a lot you have to just go but it's just that like constant like training of like that we've had i don't want to say we've but like a lot of us of that just like think before you speak do you know what i mean like in class like i don't know if you ever had that like you know think before you say something do you know what i mean like because words hold power which they do but they hold power if you give it power, if you give mm. it meaning. Do you know what I mean? Like, what you say to me can only affect me if I allow it to. Do you know what I mean? If I agree with those yeah. words or whatever you say. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what gives it power, not like you saying them. Yeah, I wonder what they did mean by that. I mean, mm. I, I can see the value in that as well. Is there, isn't there like a Zen saying... Um, those who know do not speak. speak yeah, yeah. Um, but that's often all we've got. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and you're right. being, I'm an imperfect human too. I'm yeah. no like 
you know, Buddha, mm, mm, Jesus. Mm. I'm not one of those humans. Mm. I'm definitely just your average, ordinary sinner mm. <laughs> <laughs> who's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, like, one of the only ways that we can connect is to kind of have the guts to say how you're feeling mm. or being wrong. Mm. Yeah. And what is wrong? <laughs> like, if we want to go there, do you know what I mean? Like, is wrong like I'm, like, do you know what I mean? But, like, is it wrong because it bothers someone else? Or is it wrong, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the compass for wrong? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? And what makes something correct as well? Like, correct definition or who's the ar- arbiter of knowledge? Mm, oh, wow, that's nice. Yeah, who's the arbiter of knowledge? Wow, yeah. I would say I'm wrong a lot. mm but I'm okay with that. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like you're okay with that because you're not attached to it? I'm okay with it because it's realistic. Mm. And I think maybe if we all could appreciate that a little bit more in ourselves, you know, mm. not to be righteous, then mm. we could progress a little bit more smoothly. Yeah. Um, and certainly with a lot less trauma as well, mm. a lot less gripping rigidity around like having to be right or, mm. I think it's kind of impossible to be completely right Facts. these days anyway, yeah. because we're learning more and more that there are so many different perspectives mm. as well. So how do you, um, capitalize the word truth? Like what is the truth? Whose truth are we talking about? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, like, I think that's where, like, having not a good relationship with yourself, but, you know, like a... Honest? An intentional relationship with yourself. Okay. Honest, Mm -hmm. yeah, an honest relationship with yourself throughout your life helps with that, helps with just navigating that. Mm. Um swimming in the ocean of information. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Mm. I didn't expect this, to be honest. I don't know if we go like this, like, <laughs> this deep. Not because of you, I just was just like, oh, we, I thought we'd be in the art gallery world, like, you know, talking art know, and stuff. And then we just like, do you know what I mean? But I love this, com- I love this conversation. Well, look, this I is like this. why I don't, Um, you know, I haven't done a podcast before. Mm. I'm not like a, someone with business ready to go to promote. Yeah. And like, I do work in the art world, but I found myself there just serendipitously, you know, Mm. I didn't find myself there because my career was traveling in that, that direction. And I applied and got the job. I really um, found myself there almost by chance and with a deep respect for the situation, for the, for the fact that probably not, that many people in my situation certainly like with no credentials mm. would um or recognize credentials anyway would end up in a situation like that but that for for some reason you know the universe gave me the opportunity and my role there is to bring people together and really shape a meaningful collective understanding around what it means to be part of a community and build a community Mm. and what impact that community can have. It's Mm. just, it 
for me it's a, a hopeful um, situation because if it means that we can do it in that situation, we can do it in other situations mm. um, where we can have different, even have different backgrounds and perspectives and different politics completely, but mm. bringing people together around support for the arts, I mm. think is a great place to start because art can be the key to the door into so much more potential than one person mm. can understand in their lifetime. Mm. And that that can be experienced by many others and that they're, that they can be, they can see themselves in those situations as well. Mm. Art has an amazing way of opening up our understanding of, of each other and ourselves. So, mm. And beyond language and... Yeah, transcends words. Academic, yeah. acad you know, like, it's... Yeah, that's what is so special about art. Mm. I love being around, like, artists, art, like, anything, like, with, like, art. Because it's, like, everything is so, like, flowy, <laughs> if that's the word. And um, I always say this to mum, I'm like... Because, like, art and heart, we'll go back to our etymology. Do you know what I mean? There's that connection there. Yeah. And it's just, like, art comes from the heart. Do you know what I mean? So, like, a lot of times yeah. that you're in art spaces, yeah. they're heart spaces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, when you're in heart spaces, there's so much room for, like, healing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's all from, from here. And it's just, like, I was, like, this lady told me, like, um, well, she was, like, kind of, like, guiding me like a plant medicine and anyway it was like she was saying like to like get out of here like the mind so much and kind of move from the heart more and you um you like feel you'll f yeah, what's the word like it wasn't it's more like you feel through life yeah instead of thinking through life i'm a huge thinker like we we're talking about star signs earlier like aquarius is they think a lot that's the whole thing air sign so a lot of thinking thinking but when we're moving from the heart it's it brings that unity that we we're talking about earlier because that's something that we all we all have that heartbeat you know yeah that's the first cell manifestation of tissue is a I heart know, right, right? when i learned that i just blew my mind i'm like bro i could feel my heart too have you ever talked to your heart yeah, I mean, I think I do kind of a lot, but mm. in a structured way, you're talking about like a Just particular like, practice. It was kind of an open question, but yeah, it could be a practice. Sometimes, um, like I've had moments where like it's just kind of spoken to me. Like, you know, when you're falling asleep, you're half in, half out. And it's just like, it's just like, it's not, it's not language, it's feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just such an, like, it's just so like, you're like, Wow. Like, it just opens reality so much. You're like, whoa, there is so much more to this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm speaking to, like, an intelligence of myself. Yeah. Mm. There's a thing called heart maths, which is okay. something I don't know a lot about, but it was someone was telling me about how you can sort of regulate your, I guess, regulate your, your body. Yeah. By breathing with your heart in mind. Mm. And there's a whole sort of uh, 
practice attached to this. It's called heart, heart maths. So mm. if anyone wants to look that up, they can do their heart own research. Maths. But yeah, yeah, there's a way of where you can really, rather than being um, kind of at the mercy of your emotions and mm. your feelings, you can kind of help to regulate yourself by being practicing in a really mindful way using breath Mm. and um that the studies that have been done on that like show how much in relationship to our heart we actually are Mm. as well and when it's consciously when you're having a conscious relationship with your heart Mm. you can actually self-regulate a lot more effectively yeah and it's different to when you're thinking like when you're not like what yeah when you're when you're um the the rate of your heart changes when you're actually conscious of your heart as you're breathing Mm, so wow yeah i see what you mean anyway it's an i'm sure you'll look into it yeah yeah yeah. that's amazing i will definitely look into that my friend he's like a neuroscientist he's, he's got this thing called the precognition technique or something like that but like yeah it's like this like course i haven't done it but he's told me about it about like yeah kind of like tuning similar to the heart mass tuning into your heart and then he was saying that the heart perceives reality before like that's the whole precognition is i don't want to butcher it koshik but it's like the heart perceives like reality before it happens so if you can tap into it yeah and move with it then you're in flow with everything um yeah koshik shout out to koshik yeah um yeah well you know how you asked me about um like speeches before Mm. and i only speak publicly at these events so that's probably six or seven times a year yeah let's say i wish i could be more like that just daily Mm. because and in those moments i'm so conscious of how important the message is translated and like the heart feels so much part of it like in Mm. my mind i'm like it has to be through it has to whatever i'm going to say has to come through the heart Mm. i don't know what it's going to be but in the moment i'm like i know that i can trust that that space Mm. will take care of not only me but everyone in my in my presence yeah. and that if I can tap into that space that it, it's got my back and it's got everyone else's back too, you know? So it doesn't really matter what I say is it as long as I'm going through that channel, it's all going to be okay. And the, the message will come through cause it will be the right one. Mm. It will be distilled, you know, mm. but I wish I could be like that all the time, not all the time. Cause I'm mm. like, that's a big ass. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> But, like, so to speak, yeah. like, I kind of wish that I could be, have that kind of practice in, in more day, ordinary life, just mm. day-to-day life and be less anxious and less, um, yeah, yeah, just kind of use the power of whatever is going on in that magic yeah. to somehow make that a daily practice. Mm. In some way, in the way that you speak to others, just yeah, what, you know, I housemates, agree. parents, mm. lovers, like whatever, like just being, yeah, much more mindful that like that heart practice can come into play. Mm. 
doesn't have to be when you're speaking in front of 200 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seven times, well, seven times yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Imagine if they taught that in school. But, you know, imagine if our politicians did that too. Oh, wow. Like, they get to speak in front of a lot of people all the time. It's just like, I wonder if they're thinking, like, are they thinking, okay, it's got to be all about the heart. It's got to be about the heart. I'm about to go on. going to just, like, yep, just we're going to get the message and oh it's going to get, God. it's going to go straight through the heart. If I live in a society and that happens, oh my God, I'll be so happy if that, if that happens. Because I honestly, I'm going to be real with you, I do not think that happens. I don't even think that, think, I don't even think that crosses their mind. I don't even, like, sometimes, I, I mean, do they even know they have hearts? Great question. I think because they haven't tapped into it so, like, for so long, it's like, that connection's not there. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, they still got a heart, but it's like, there's like all this, like, calcification. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the... Like the the neural pathways aren't but to even get there yeah. as well. Like to even get there is like that per, the personality type and the kind yeah. of drive that you have to have to not be chewed up by that whole mm. situation. Mm. Like to even get into a position of leadership With and enter heart. into politics. Mm. Is it really the heartful people who travel down those roads, mm. or is it the heartful people end up in early childcare? Yeah. Or nursing mm. or you know it's like where are the heartful people ending up mm. i don't know if they're en- ending up in politics and should they be ending up in politics or leadership positions yeah because do we want wouldn't we like i know i would like leaders that are leading from the heart yeah because that would just shift everything <laughs> yeah just the way that we design society mm. the infrastructure of society mm to be designed for human beings to live in. Yes. A conducive society. Yeah. Yeah. Like what would hospitals look like? What would schools look like? I've had these, I've had these thoughts of like, you know, hospitals are so like clinical. Yeah. And they're so like, like the lights are really like weird. Like, and it's just like, it's like a lab. It doesn't even look like a hospital. Like it's like a laboratory in like school. And I'm like, why is there not enough like nature in there, and, like flowers yeah. and stuff? And the food's like always bland and like the dead. The food, let's like, if just you may as well, you may as well not heal anyone if you're gonna serve up that food. Dead food, like food with no life in it. Like, come on, like we should have like nice bowls of like mangoes, dragon fruit, like you know exotic tropical fruits. You've been to in- Indonesia, obviously, so you you've had <laughs> you've had like it's like fruit platters, huh? How no. good are like but how much of a difference, <laughs> let's be honest, like when you eat But nourishing. We're being told now with all the studies and podcasts and articles and all of that around health is number one. It's, was it was it um what was it? Was it Hi- Hippocrates? Oh, Hippocrates? Uh, Socrates? No. Oh, no wait, 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 no, no. How do you pronounce it? Is it Hippocrates? Hi- Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Yeah. Hippocrates. Okay. I've seen quotes of this person. Yeah. All, He's Greek, all, right? All disease begins in the gut. Gut. Oh, yes. Like that one? Yeah. And yeah. then like you are what you eat. And yeah. you know, everything that we know about nutrition now mm. as well, like the mm. integrity of our food is so important. Is everything. So like, why is it that... We're still serving white bread. Yeah. In hospitals to like, heal people. Like, snacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ain't going... Not going to make anyone feel good. The <laughs> snacks and cheese, eh? <laughs> It's just like... I've... Yeah, hospitals, I find... And I'm, I'm sure not all hospitals, but all the hospitals that I've been to. And, like, yeah, I've been cared for and helped and whatever, so I'm not... 
Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but mm. I've always felt like anxious and scared Same. in those environments and mm-hmm. the smell and the, the energy in the place. Yep. They haven't felt there to me. They're not places of healing. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. I love the doctors that do so much great work and the nurses. But you're right. Like it's the environment. Like back to environment. The environment isn't like conducive for healing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no like windows to even see nature. Let alone like having because we all know about nature therapy now. Like yeah. you're saying with the food, how nature heals and stuff. Like there should be like a nice place in the middle of the hospital where everyone has to walk barefoot. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like you like at least like thirty minutes a day. Yeah. You gotta walk back, or you gotta eat your food in this like spot. You just hear about all these like rogue doctors and all rogue practitioners who start their own thing. Yeah, yeah. And like that, if you can get a spot in that place, that's when you're gonna, you know, like health can be addressed. Mm, and mm. but good luck getting a spot exactly on the list. And you know exactly you have a certain type exactly. of exactly, mm-hmm. and the independence, I guess, to go. And do something like that in your yeah. own way and to have the freedom to do something. But it's so small scale. It's mm. not something that is rolled out to the general population. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I don't want to end up sick in a hospital. No, 100%. Sure. Hell no. Nah. I've been in hospitals and like been, yeah. It's like And it's just like surgeries and like recovery. And I'm like, like getting out was like, I'm grateful for all the healing that happened in there. But like getting out a lot of healing happened after too. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, they need like, I'm, I'll put my hat up to design hospitals. I'm not an architect, but I'll help. I've got great ideas. Do you know what I mean? I think there should be like a sun, like a spot where like, <laughs> they are not going to have you. I'm telling nah, you right I'm now. A, yeah, well, you come in and you're like, there should be a, <laughs> Like a strip in the middle where everyone has to walk, walk barefoot, barefoot. Take off your shoes. They not going to have you. Unless we've got our, our politicians that are leading from the heart, then they might have me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Ma- yeah, maybe we just got to go rogue ourselves. Facts. You know? Facts. Might but, just have to be the way. Mm. And that's possible too. You've seen all these like communities that are starting their own like little like mini tribes and stuff in like, um, what is it? Like the central america and stuff like people just creating their own little communities and tribes of like-minded people living off the land like yeah all that it's just like it's a beautiful thing like it's like it's happening like people are it's all there now do you know what i mean it's just in that moment in that place of just like that growing fa- you know that like kind of awkward like growing phase when you're like growing up and you're in that like awkward phase of like you're not sprouting but you're halfway there like that <laughs> that type of i feel like that's where we're at like society at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you watch Alone? No, what's that? It's a TV show where um, a group of people individ- as individuals have to survive for the longest in... Oh, is it on SBS or something? Uh, I think it's on Foxtel, but okay. it's... um. I don't know who produced it, but it's become quite popular and I've started watching it. And the kinds of people like... I've only watched one season, but there, there's a prize at the end, obviously, for the last person standing. Mm. But that aside, it's not a survivor show. It's not like... S- it's the original. It's like, this is the real survivor. It's like they get to take 10 things from a list of things that they're al- allowed to take. So like one tarp. Wow. An axe. Uh, X amount of string, twine. Damn. Yeah. You know, like, it's very restrictive. A pot. 
um, they can't like know they they've got to um, hunt and source their own food, yeah. make their own shelter, wow. find their own water, yeah. and they're in like remote wilderness. Mm. And whoever survives the longest wins, right? Wow. But the kinds of people that I've noticed um, from the one season that I've watched, they're all really humble people. Mm. They're all really, like, they've all, they all have a, none of them are going in cold. They've all got in their own lives, they've followed and pursued, um, you know, how and what you need to do to survive in the wilderness. It's part of their own chosen lifestyle. So mm. they're not coming to it inexperienced. But the the kind of um, challenge that it is in that situation as well, yeah. like you can't, br- and they can't bring any food in. So they're really surviving. It's day to day. And they've got to hunt with a bow and arrow. You know, like imagine Proper, if yeah. you had to do that. Uh, I ain't gonna survive that long. I'm be honest with myself. No way. It's and nature humbles you. Yeah. Nature humbles the fuck yeah. out of you. You're like, oh, okay, this is what it is. I know, right? Like, I'm yeah. I, I, I like watching this show because mm. it's like I don't know. It just the kind of the kinds of people that it attracts, and they're really um, they're really thinking about what it means to eat another being mm. and that sustenance and that life giving sustenance that yeah. it is and the effort that is exerted. And, and then like, I was really sort of thinking about, you know, indigenous cultures too, how the mentality towards indigenous cultures as primitive mm. and like surviving, like, no, they yeah. were thriving. Like they had, mm. they had systems. Mm. They weren't just like, you know, um, kind of, yeah, just the the perception that we have as though it's lesser and uncivilized yeah. and less knowledgeable. And I'm just thinking, like, how do you, how would I even begin to know how to make a fishing pole mm. Mm. myself yeah. with a knife? <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. Let alone catching a fish. Mm. Like, let alone actually catching... And killing it too, like... Yeah, like, let alone actually being successful in the hunt. Mm. But, like, first make your own equipment. Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, that is actually advanced. Yeah, it's very advanced, to That skill set is advanced. Mm. Throw society right now into, like, times without, you know, having all the tools and technology that we have. I think literally, like, 90, nearly 80% of us would just perish after a while because we wouldn't be able to survive because we don't have those skills. Well, I like how you said thrive, thrive though. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, thrive instead of survive. Because yeah. mm. survive like suggests that it's like hard and, you know, like you're not doing well. Yep. You're just getting by. You're mm. just scraping by mm. and like any day dead now kind of yeah. thing, you know. Mm. Dying young, with missing teeth. Like that. Yeah picture in my mind of like how particularly indigenous cultures have been described yeah depicted i feel you and it's like no actually like they had like they could they could make their own spear and then throw it the length of a football field to catch kangaroo you know like yeah like that's just like simple Mm. simple i'm describing it Mm. my understanding of it's very simple too Mm. but like that blows me away like that that can somehow be discounted and reduced Mm. 
Mm. It means so much mm. to have respect for that, you know? Yeah. That's deep. Mm. And I don't think, like, when I think of my skill set, I'm like, mm, what skill set, you know? Uh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, when we're breaking down skill set, to I, I see what you're saying. Now you're making me rethink my skill sets. Mm. Yeah. It's true. I was building, like, a hut. Like, it's not an amazing hut, but shout out to my hut on a beach, right? Just out of pure pure curiosity and like inner child playfulness yeah. right and i built it out of all these sticks so every time i go down each year down to like the coast yeah i'll build a new one yeah i'm building them out of sticks and i'm not like there's nothing going it's just having fun playing music enjoying myself making it but it takes me so it, t- it takes me like a two week it takes me two weeks and the last Do you always build at the same place so yeah same place so i got three now yeah i'll show you them after and the last one i did i actually built a roof But it's not like a roof, like it's there's holes in it and stuff. And it really (laughs) made me respect like and look at like indigenous cultures across the world and be like, these people were so genius. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Like how like and it made me and it humbled me. Like I said, nature humbles you because I'm like, I have so like I can go home after this. I go to the beach house, have a nice hot shower. I mean, eat the food that's been cooked and, like, then go back to it the next day. But, like, they're depending on building that shelter to eat in it, to hunt in it, to, like, do you know what I mean? Live in it. And I'm out here, I can leave after and then come back and start working on it. And it's just, like, yeah, it really made me just, it changed my whole perception. And I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, it's giving me, like, a deep reverence for, like, just indigenous cultures across the world. Because, like, you look at, like, the teepees and, like, you know, like mines and stuff everywhere. It's just like, wow, like how are they doing this? Like, it's so like so beautiful as well, you know, like even clothes, like prayer beads and like personal objects mm. were handmade or collaboratively made and each bead had a message and a meaning mm, and a yeah. spiritual value and like an effort as well, like mm. a, uh, an exchange yeah. in some way that like was really close it mm. wasn't a distant thing like when i'm in the supermarket now and it's just like this feels like such a strange space yeah. because i don't know where any of this has come from i don't know anyone who made any of this mm. i don't know who had to work hard yeah. i don't have a relationship there's no relationship here and i find it unsettling it just disturbs me to think that how disconnected we are from who are the workers mm. in this world? Who, mm. who are the makers? Yeah. Even just like when, like you think of a building. Yeah. That, um, a historical building or whatever, and it's like made by such and such. Mm. Like, actually, no, it wasn't made by that prince. Mm. It was made by... The workers. Like, yeah. lots and lots and lots of nameless people True. who actually built it and True. died building it mm. and had skills that, you know... Um, like Stories. carving, like before power tools and all that, you know, it's just like even now, like building a, a skyscraper, it's like yeah. what's involved in that. Mm. Um, but that's kind of like why it kind of scares me a little bit to think of a future world that is automated robots yeah. and, you know, like no workers and just mm-hmm. thinking like, will we lose our respect for 
life where we lose our ability to understand what's involved in being alive. I, I feel you. I think our whole sensitivity will just, like, will be desensitized to a T. Like I was saying about the supermarket and stuff, like, that's already, like, a bit of, like, desensitization, if that's a word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, like, disconnect. So I could imagine when it becomes, like, all these uh, autonomons and robots and stuff, it'd just be, like, yeah, that. <laughs> I don't want to even think about it, but it's just like it could be really like detrimental to like humanity. Do you know what I mean? Like that the essence won't be there, the connection will be gone. And it's just like I wrote this the other day about like devices have become devices make us divided. Do you know what I mean? And even in the word divisive and divided, I'm just like devices are devices are the devices are divisive. You know what I'm saying? Have you looked that up yet with... I haven't. I haven't gone to it yet. I wrote it on the plane. Dirt was, and vice? What about vice? Because vice is like... Oh, like your vices. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even peep that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That, that's... Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's wow. Yeah. I don't know. I think with the way that we need to be thinking about designing systems does need to involve the human touch as mm. well because it's like if we lose that then where will our humanity go yeah and our even our like we human beings need to feel like they have purpose 100%. we can't healthy humans need purpose mm. and without purpose what where will that leave us like what will be the meaning of life anymore mm. without purpose even if it is just waitressing at a cafe and being the person that smiles when you get a coffee like purpose of course Mm. like to kind of reduce that as something meaningless as i especially the small moments you know the small moments with other human beings Mm. i just wonder you know what what we're getting ourselves into a deep hole with covid and like how you know like people stopped hugging and like handshaking and stuff like that was big like, I think, like, especially, like, the elderly, like, grandparents and stuff, like, not being able to, like, hug your grandparents. Like, yeah. I still can't hug my grandma, do you know what I mean? Because she's, like, scared and all that. And, like, mm. fair enough, do you know I mean? I don't want to, like, overstep. But, like, that is one of the most healing things. Mm-hmm. A heart-to-heart fucking mm-hmm. hug is one mm-hmm. of the most healing things. Especially if it's, like, a fam. do you know what I mean? A family yeah. member. Like, we have the same blood, same lineage. Like, that is one of the most healing things that could be done. And it's just, like, yeah, like, that human touch, that connection, mm-hmm. if we start losing that, which we already have, it's like we start losing ourselves, really. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's the same like with nature, how we've lost connection with nature. We've been losing connection with ourselves because we don't have that reverence for a tree or like a frog or like when the karawongs make their, yeah, totally. make their noises. Nature needs to be touched too, you know? Because we have a symbolic relationship with mm-hmm. nature. Like we have like, like our hands and like our feet are like you know batteries sensors like, yeah you know the nodes on battery you know mm-hmm. how like you put a battery in mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. and it's got the little bump one like the plus and that's like our hands and stuff like the little nodes for the earth and it's just like uh, yeah it's really it's where we're going like the road where, that we could go because there's still like there's still a chance like let's not let's not like yeah definitely there's definitely oh yeah 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 a yeah. point where it could be like it's we, it's exciting to think like what yeah what where things will go mm, but mm. it's feeling like it's going to be pretty dystopian yeah, for yeah. a while <laughs> <laughs> i 
I know what you mean. Especially if you like don't have a mate who can like hook you up on like a farm to table <laughs> little sit- off grid exactly. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're like shit. I'm gonna be stuck in this. Yeah, it's true. Fighting for toilet paper. Will <laughs> worse. <laughs> And not being able to hug grandma. Oh yeah. my god, like it's just it's depressing. It's so yeah so depressing. It's so depressing. It's so sad. Like is that like I ask myself this question as well, not just of the listeners, but is that life worth living if if it's like Woolworths toilet paper fighting mm. no hugs with grandma mm. and endless Netflix. I don't know. Like that's, I'm calling it. That's a that's a really deep and great question. As a question that like, oh, it's sad because like everyone knows the like the answers. Yeah, exactly. do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's rhetorical, right? Yeah, we all know the answer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy. Cause I thought like COVID would be the thing that like created that whole like was the catalyst for like some huge. I don't even want to say awakening because that's become like some thing that everyone like. It's just like I reckon it it is though, but yeah. like awakening. What's another word for it? Like a uh, an awakening, uh, a shift. Uh, yeah, you know that, what I mean. Yeah. Like I thought that would be it. Like when, I think awakening because it's been used. It's, so it's been often, used so much, and it's like romanticized yeah. and whatever. But exactly. romance is good. Think, true, like, true, yeah. So that's that's not such a bad thing. Mm. But yeah, like, but like, how many levels to the awakening? Because I feel like I've had a couple. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't know where it's going yeah. either. It's like it's almost like you got to wake up into a new dream, new dream each time. Each time like, yeah. Some Inception type shit. Totally. 100%. Next level of the video game. Literally. I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, this is Inception. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then your dreams start getting real vivid. And you're like, was it a dream? Yeah, you know I mean? Or was I just tapping into something else? Or was it, was it like prophetic? Or I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. I think... I think conversations like this, um, greater awareness, do you know what I mean? Um, fearlessness, courage is what's gonna kind of like if like we were like a capsule, like a ship that was going down this like road that we're talking about, like they're the qualities that will like steer us back. Do you know what I mean? And another one is um listening and um learning from our First Nations people across the globe. Do you know what I mean? Because they had they had a there was something there. Do you know what I mean? Like if you can't see that now, then I'm like you lost. See ya. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because there was so much there, and it's just like if we don't, then that's we're going down that road. No matter what, that's part of the healing. Do you know what I mean? If we were like one body or one cell, like that was like trauma across the whole world, mm. especially in Australia. Mm. So it's like if we don't even. If we don't put that work in to heal that, then, like, yeah, it's... it's see ya. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bye. But it's... Yeah. yeah, but it's not too late. Like, we can salvage it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. It can be done. It can definitely be done. Yeah, and it will grow. It will evolve. Mm. It's messy. It's not... 
hundred percent. Healing cut. is so like messy. It's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not like we figure out. Oh yeah, like we need more women in parliament. Mm. Like mm. snap your fingers. It's there's so many things. Cogs in the machine. There's yeah. so many things that it is going to be messy. It's going to get messier. Very. Yeah. And that's just unavoidable. It's part of you know? it. It's a part of it. Yeah, it's part of like. Yeah. It's part of healing. It's part of purging. It's part of. It's like, not like a movie where everything resolves no. and then. These movies have the fucked us up. Roll. Yeah, these it's movies like, have really <laughs> fucked us up because that's all. That's what yeah. like the collective. That's like the collective consciousness. Like I see it. Like oh, you know. No. Do you believe? Like, what do you think? Do you think we come back? Do you think we? I think. Do you think we have many chances? I think, like, like, we can choose to come back. Like, I feel like, like, maybe, like, I don't know if, like, your life gets replayed or something. I don't know. Something would happen or it's just, like, you'll be like, fuck, I need to do it again. Like a game. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck, I didn't do it well enough. So, like, you'll be compelled to come back. More to learn. To learn. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know how people like, old souls? Like, maybe you're an old soul because, like, you're like, nah, I fucked up last time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have mm. to come back and do it better and better and better. And that's why these old souls are so wise. But, like, I feel like you get, like, amnesia or something. Like, that's part of it. Do you know what I mean? You can't know it all. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, you come... This is me. I'm just... This is honestly what I feel. Yeah. So, you have this, like, amnesia where you can't have it all. Do you know what I mean? And then that makes the journey even more beautiful because you're learning again on the way, on the way. And then you have your little deja vu moments and your little like epiphanies like whoa was like, kind of bring you into the, the web of life that oneness again you're like oh shit so I do believe we come back but I feel like we have a choice do you know what I mean mm. I feel like we definitely do have a choice if we yeah if we want to or not w- what do you think I don't know I actually don't know mm. I mean I think like we I don't think life um, ever ends. Oh, 100%. It certainly, we need to get a grip that we're born and we die mm. and that we need to resolve our feelings around that mm. in our current society. Like, we need to have better um, ways of really talking about death and talking about birth and yeah. talking about... Just so that we have... Also, we can appreciate life mm. too, so that we can have a better respect for life. Mm. Um, but I do think, I mean, I think it's kind of also like, you know, how you look back on um, like a photo of your great great grandparent if yeah. you're lucky enough to have one. Yeah. And you like, you look like them. And it freaks you out. And it's a bit like, oh, like actually, we share a lot of the same genetics and I'm an extension of that genetic history Mm -hmm. and like then i think you know like i've got a i'm born with a certain amount of eggs in my body Mm. and my mom was born with a certain amount of eggs in her body and i was one of those eggs Mm. and like her like a bushka doll you know like like and that you know like you might end up with your your Arab, your great grandfather's Arab nose on your face, Mm. you know, like, so I think we live on in those ways and Mm. character traits and like intergenerational, like memories that are passed down in the body and Mm. those kinds of things. But didn't, who was it? Einstein that said like energy cannot be 
destroyed, yeah, destroyed only, only transformed. transformed yeah facts and I, that really resonates with That's me insane. as well like i don't like it's simple to understand mm. but it's um it's almost like codified like there's a lot in there yeah that you could break it down with you yeah you could take that into your own like mm, however um, you want to see it from what lens yeah. yeah exactly and i do think that like cycling recycling mm-hmm. and um even just like your body transforming through death as well like your body transforming through life first growing from two different entities mm. inside inside a person it's wild, yeah. it's wild. It's so and like and that the most important part in that whole process was the heart cell forming at the beginning the as well it's like why is it that it that, that's got to be like a hierarchy of importance right yes. if it was the lungs or the whatever no it was the heart, heart that's it's the heart it. right mm-hmm. it's the engine it's like start heart they rhyme start <laughs> the heart i'm just Hundred percent. There's little like clues like that everywhere. You know? The fucking breadcrumbs are everywhere. Yeah. I used to, I was. I'm still that person. But I see the breadcrumbs and I'll be like, whoa. And yeah. Be like, bro, chill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm like, no, because like to me that was something fucking magical. Because these breadcrumbs are everywhere, and when you start connecting the dots, you're like, wow. Yeah. And it gives life so much more fucking meaning and f- more sprite and life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't. Like I. Yeah, can't imagine going through life without like push putting these pieces together and having these little thoughts and conversations where it takes me down these little rabbit holes or like neural pathways through myself. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And just having imagination Mm. as well. Like, I don't have, and I think too. Like for some people, they know what they want to do in life. Yeah, and they really hone in on developing. an understanding of a particular interest area or they know they want to be a doctor. Yeah. Like, so you pursue and you study and you, you know, but I, I'm a real kind of free form creative in that sense, you know? So, and there's no right or wrong. There's no better, better way. Like, cause we need people who have really specific expertise Mm. and so on. But as a mindset, I think having friends and people around you have really active imaginations you can just help guide conversations as well where mm. you don't have to land on anything solid. Yeah. But you've just gone on a bit of a journey and the conversation is interesting because that person has kind of a uni- unique way of thinking. Mm. So I do think that for me it's not important to have like, yes, I believe in God and this is the God that I believe in. Yeah. Or, but I, I do know that it's too big for me to, to be fathom. the person who has the the true opinion, yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm going to have my feelings mm. and intuitions and no one's going to take that away from me. Like mm. they belong to me. Like my life belongs to me. Mm. My conversation with myself belongs to me. Mm. I like you know? that. I, I really like that. Yeah. But it's in this day and age as well, where like we know so much now and yet we know so little. Mm. I just like to think that, the whole thing is kind of beautiful, you know. Mm. The whole experience of it is beautiful. Yeah. In the in the mess of it, that, <laughs> yeah, is, that it is that yeah. human the human aspect of it is because mm. like we're just we are one life form, one species. You're right. Like that's it. Like, mm. what is the bacteria doing on like yeah. the surface of my hand? Facts. You know what I mean? Facts. Like, there's so many worlds. Yeah, within 
our world. Yeah, yeah I so see what many you're worlds. Mm. And we, um, I think we kind of position our importance too much yeah. in the whole. Like that human superiority complex or something. You heard of that? Like something like that. It's just like where it's like everything else is just the background, yeah. like the stage for mm. human experience to play out in. Mm. But yeah, like who says that we, we're, we're that important? Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. Especially the way we're going yeah. as well. <laughs> like everything else in nature has a function. Facts. Like... It contributes in some way. Mm. There's a reason to be. And it's just intuitive. By being. Yeah. Like, just by existing, it's mm. got a function in the ecosystem. But like, what is our function? Mm. What is our function in the ecosystem? What are, what are we contributing towards? Yeah. Like, whose lives are we benefiting mm. by, by being here? Mm. Imagine if we were, like, if humans, like, our role was to, like, just balance things out and benefit everything else in the ecosystem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just full selfless. Yeah. So like if we, cause we have that, I think that's our gift though, as humans is to have that awareness. But like, I feel like we're not using it for the earth. We're using it for our own kind of, yeah. I don't know. Egoic game that we've got playing, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll figure that out as we go. Yeah. We've still got a lot of figuring out to do. 100%. 100%. It's got to fall over a million times and until it hurts. Off. I know. <laughs> Let it heal. Let the scars heal. And then it's just, it's so like constant. That's how I know it doesn't end because it's like everything is like, I'll have an awakening and I'll have another one and it just keeps going. And I know it's going to keep going. Yeah. I guess it's an inner well, I think I think it's going to lead me somewhere where... I'll have like I'll find clarity, and mm. rather than finding clarity, I find more confusion. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, right? That hit home so well. Yeah, that really hit. That resonated heavily. And it's like I'm gonna follow this. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna follow Can this. You really? <laughs> it's gonna be so. Yeah. Like, and it's just that like <laughs> mad like slap in the face from the universe or yourself, or you're like, yeah. oh shit, yeah, nah, bro, that ain't it. That ain't it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> this has been amazing. We've done well. I think we have. We've yeah. done really good. It's been enjoyable. You, how was it, your first podcast? Yeah, I've just um, enjoyed kind of just relaxing into a conversation. Yeah. And I hope people find it interesting. 100%. Or just a, There's someone out there that's definitely yeah. going to resonate with a lot of this. Maybe thousands, millions, billions. You never know. It's a good lesson to learn, though. Like, it is difficult to speak openly with someone you don't really know very well. Yeah. And knowing other people are going to be listening. Of course. And to just be relaxed and not, um, yeah, not censor as you, as you go. Just kind of use it as a, a bit of an experiment yeah. in sharing, you know? Mm, mm. I'm grateful. Thank you. I felt your energy just from the beginning and you start opening up and opening up and it's like, whoosh, she started flowing like this. Let's go. We yeah. could keep going, to be honest, but I don't know. I want I've got a few more questions, though, that yeah. I had not pre-planned, but I was just like, yeah, wanted, you know, wanted Let's to go. get into and, and discover. Um, we'll get into Artillier at the end, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. on its way. Mm -hmm. But um, what was... was 
Oh, he's me. <laughs> That's Rob. <laughs> he's so loud right now. Um, shout out to Rob. He does something else. It's a um radio show. Yeah. Does skits and stuff. Um, and yeah, I think his doors open, which is all right. Hopefully, he doesn't um pick catch. Up. Yeah, pick up. But we did. You heard that heavy on the I mic, did didn't you? Bit, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, maybe we might wrap it up a little bit. Okay. So all right, let's um, go through. Artillier for yeah, we'll go to Artillier. Yeah. So what is um art, when did when when did Artillier start, and um what's its purpose mission, yeah. Well, and actually going back to our earlier conversation around mm. pronunciation. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, um, I, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, well, I, again, I don't really know because it's a French word. Oh, it's French. It's atelier. Oh my god, I really but butchered actually, it. Actually, no one pronounces it correctly, and yeah. it's it's difficult to kind of be the coordinator of a group. No one can pronounce the name. Yeah, yeah. of you got similarly all that, you to got, being a person in the world who I was gonna say no you, one can pronounce your name. I was gonna say you got like that common little <laughs> little know, theme right? going. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's it means studio. You know, like the artist studio, the place where things are made. Uh, Not just the artist, like. Any any sort of craft oriented activity, mm. the atelier would uh, be where something was made by a maker of okay. a certain medium, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's the French word for that. Um, and it became the name for a benefaction group at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Wow. So anyone listening would probably be familiar with our state gallery. Yeah. It's a public collection. But in order to actually keep it going, mm. we need funds. Of so it's, I guess it's taken for granted that, you know, operational funds and acquisitions funds um, come from the government. Mm. And that's not true. It's just a certain percentage. I can't remember the exact percentage, but I think, I think it's something like 50%. Okay. So in order to... In order to actually provide a space, a public space like that, to be accessed and mostly for free, mm. we need um, to raise funds. Yeah. Just to, like, even keep the doors open, you know. Mm. So, um, and to buy artworks, to yeah. fund exhibitions, to um, run programs. So, all the different things that we need to pay for basically after we have to raise funds for yeah. and there's a really strong history of philanthropy f through the foundation and um this is one group of many many other groups different interest areas but this is this was specifically set up i think seven years ago 2016 so i think we're in our seventh year now to address sort of the cliff edge that we're approaching in terms of not having enough young people involved mm. or younger people involved yeah um in the philanthropy sides of things so engaging with the gallery and giving to the gallery so that those funds can be pulled and then directed and deployed across the gallery to resource its needs yeah so um, there are many groups. There's like conservation, there's contemporary collection benefaction, there's works on paper, there's Australian collection, um, uh, there's 
women at the gallery. There's yeah. all sorts of groups, right? And this was um, a group that was initiated by a really amazing woman, Claire Ainsworth Herschel, who has gone on to do other really amazing things in the climate change space. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I, I don't like calling it climate change anymore. Like, mm. it feels a little bit too... Um, it's like ecological collapse, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so much more than just the climate changing. Um, but, yeah, uh, she she was already involved with the gallery in philanthropy and is a just very natural... Uh, Naturally, to her personality type, she's a very deeply philanthropic person, um, and she established it as a way to engage a, a newer, or not newer, but a new generation mm. with giving at the gallery. So we're about probably about 170 people, and the okay. aim was to be sort of a hundred next gen. Yeah, and next gen has become one of these things now. It's like you know, you hear it everywhere. Yeah. Um, as a as a kind of a bit of a buzzword, but it's really important to think of the next generation, Facts. the ones that haven't even been born yet. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and also, I guess, what it means to maintain a public collection and build a collection. A collection. Um, it's not just art either. It's like our cultural history. It's mm. like really appealed to me um, getting involved as well, just as a civilian, getting involved with Atelier myself, thinking that, you know, I could, with my own my own money, earning my own money in the world, that that could contribute to the public space mm-hmm. as well. Like, so anyone can get involved, but it's still quite private in that, philanthropy isn't something that's really in your face it's Mm. really still like kind of quite behind the scenes you know people don't really know a lot about philanthropy in the Australian culture I don't think um so yeah I guess we're just building a a community around engaging people to be part of the gallery community in that way Mm. and then what it means to give and then what what impact that giving has Mm. so for instance the event that you attended were able to buy a work for the collection by sam langethwa okay um tribute to Efrain natanye didn't pronounce that correctly just so you know (laughs) um but it was a really significant moment for us because it meant that we could um we could share in that with a community that in any other situation wouldn't have made sense but it mm. but for that for that evening working with sounds of afrobeats it made sense to have a community based in sydney share in our moment yeah who are, are relevant to that artwork mm. as well so it wasn't kind of like something that we all raised a glass of champagne to mm without actually engaging with a community that had relevance. Culture that it's connected to. Exactly. Yeah, I feel you. Mm. Um, And also just to think about, like, diversity within the group as well. You know, we're still mostly white. Yeah. Or, you know, um, of a certain level of affluence from a demographic point of view. Um, 
that we're thinking about how we understand this city, mm. how we can get to know our own city and open our doors a little bit more yeah. to celebrating um, potential and excellence in spaces that, you know, would would normally be maybe sidelined or mm. less obvious, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's making sense. No, like a bit more welcoming. So yeah. Yeah, just I think, like if 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 the goal is to have diversity and inclusion, you can't expect it to just happen. Yeah. You have to actually create a situation where a community can meet. Yeah. And you can introduce these ideas mm. and you can invite people into the fold and they can feel more comfortable mm. to get involved. Yeah. And be empowered by that experience and then see how they might how that might um further our our collective vision yeah. as well. So, um yeah, and I think for for us over the years we've like as a group we've really progressed ideas around what it means to ha- to to be authentically diverse, like yeah. and committed to that, but again, like if the environment doesn't change and if the people don't change, then it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. So it felt like that acquisition was like the catalyst for engaging with a community that yeah. um, I'm hoping we'll be friends with mm. and that there'll be um, people who come into the fold because of that experience that we had mm. and that over the years we'll sort of build, we'll build more patrons who come from different backgrounds and yeah. different um, perspectives because we're actually looking beyond our own our own walls, so to mm. speak, you know. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it makes sense. You're seeing, you guys are like visionaries. You're looking at it from like a, the f- futurists, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Which is great. It's well, what we want. It's like, it's like, it's like all this big talk about change. Mm. Like when it comes down to it, there's opportunities that you have to be like, okay, well, if we open up this experience and we're going to have different people coming through because of this experience... We're going to, that's casting our net in a way, you know, Mm. it's like casting our net and seeing who might flow through that space and connect. Mm. And that can be kind of, it's, um, it's a conscious and intentional kind of way of directing where we're going Mm. rather than taking it for granted that change will just happen by itself. Yeah. You kind of, if the conditions don't change, Mm. you're putting in your own hands. Yeah. You're, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's great. That's amazing. Shout out to Art. I don't want to say it. I'm going to let you say yeah, it. Yeah, and like anyone who wants to look it up, um, and anyone can be involved. So you give a certain amount every year. You yeah. give. It's tax deductible. Mm. And those funds are pulled. to. Um, so, you know, over the year you might have... Um, hundred thousand to play with and then you see where or more sometimes and then you, uh, curators will come along and say we need to buy this artwork for the collection yeah. or we need to fund this exhibition 
and then those funds can be put straight into those things. Mm. And if we didn't have those groups, we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Wow. So can you, like, say, like, someone puts in those funds, can you, like, track those funds and, like, see, like, what artworks they bring in? Or Yeah, like, that... every artwork will have, you'll know if you go to the gallery, yeah. if you pay attention and mm. if you can be bothered, <laughs> you read yeah. the... You, in, when you're reading the um, the wall text, mm. it'll have a credit line ah. and it'll say, so-and-so bought this for the collection. Yeah. And it might be a benefaction group or it might be um, an individual. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of, like, we've just, um, the gallery has just been um, working on building a new building. Yeah. City I've Modern seen Campaign. Yeah. So that's about to come to fruition, which is really exciting. Um, but someone had to pay for that. You yeah, know? yeah. People came in with funds mm. and um, helped to pay for the stairs or the escalators or the new acquisitions mm. or like everything has to has a cost, of course, right? Yeah. And that the goal inevitably is so that the public can access yeah. these spaces mm. for free. Love so that. yeah, yeah, like it has been a really um, like interesting process myself because I'm new to philanthropy too, mm. um, to understand how things get done. Yeah, and that they're yeah that yeah with the value system that we live in and the one that we live in. Yeah, a little fiat system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but things have a price. Yeah, you know, and if facts. You, like you, we can be really um. Uh, idealistic, mm. but at the end of the day, you've got to find the money. Yeah, it's interesting because I I was always under the impression, and I feel like a lot of people might be that like the government basically forks out all the money for the archive of New South Wales and anything that has like you know an institution like that that's connected, you know whenever it says yeah. like New South Wales. So to know this for everyone listening, like no, that's not the case. Do you know what I mean? And uh, is that just in the arts? Would you say? Or is that across... I think it's across the board. Okay. It's across the board. It's even with education and universities yeah. and different organisations. Like, they might be receiving funding through through the government, mm. but there's other... That's not going to get you over the line. Yeah. You know? It's not full funding. I feel or, mm. Yeah, so there's all different streams of funding that you need. Yeah. Um, and this is one way of being part of it. But I think, too, from... The other side of it, like, yeah, it's great to be able to pay for things, but it's also like building a, a community where you're actively kind of building friendship, new friends, mm. and having six or seven events throughout the year to attend and yeah. celebrate in the gallery as a group and mm. throw parties yeah. and go to openings and feel like really like part of a civic experience yeah. but also like to be part of really special moments meaningful moments too. yeah like that's mm. a, it's a good trade mm. you know love it thank you for what you're doing how do people so is there a website for atelier let's <laughs> put an accent on it <laughs> i didn't even do it right yeah um yeah you can go to um the Art Gallery of New South Wales website and there'll be like a join tab. Okay. But it's a little bit hard to navigate. Um, so I'd recommend just Googling Atelier yeah. AGNSW join. Okay. And that you the first thing will come up will be... We'll put it on there. Yeah. We'll put it on the 
Yeah, and do thing. join if anyone did yeah. find this conversation appealing. Yeah, yeah. Or the idea of, you know, partying with a purpose together mm. and buying... Partying with a purpose. Partying with a purpose. I like that, yeah. And buying amazing art for the collection mm. and exhibitions as well. I love that, partying with a purpose, yeah. Get amongst Facts. it. Yes. Saha, thank you so much. My pleasure. It was wonderful. I'm grateful that you came through. You're so open and honest and transparent and... um yeah love this conversation is there anything you'd like to like leave everyone with i mean maybe like some quote that you've that's always hit home maybe a little life lesson that you've you know come across that you've learned is there anything it doesn't have to be long can be short but you just like like a little signature you know when you finish a painting you gotta put your signature on it well i think maybe just coming back to what we we're talking about before just at the moment i think it's and I've been finding that, you know, a lot of my friends are struggling and we've all been through a lot in the last couple of years with the pandemic mm. and what that's brought up for each other it's, it has been different. Um, but just in, in general, like, life can be hard and um, I do think that it's important to really live from the heart in the way that we were talking about before. Mm. So, yeah, if you are feeling like, the difficulty just weighing down and it has been on me for for a little while recently too but yeah just coming back to that that heart space mm. and openness to kind of live live in that way mm. um that'd be my message to send just live from the heart speak from the heart love it saha thank you this is conscious conversations <laughs> Real talk with real heart, real ones, not real ones, real ones, Saha Jones, Coco the Conscious, aka Mr. Moods. Peace, family.